For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill After, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. And welcome to Wrestling with Problems. I'm your host, King David Lane. That's King David Lane on just about every social media platform. So give me a like, follow, and friend request, and I will probably give you one in return. And I'm here to talk what else? Wrestling and problems. Uh, we had a big weekend this past week. There was a WWE pay-per-view, uh, Fastlane. And for all intents and purposes, I'm just going to say Fastlane probably was about what we expected it to be. I had low expectations for it going in. And depending on how you looked at it, uh, they were met. Or exceed it, depending on how you look at it. Uh, I'll go, I got some good news and some bad news, so I'll kind of go back and forth on it. But uh, let's start off with a bit of a recap of what Fast Lane was. Fast Lane overall had about eight matches on it, uh, they varied wildly. And the quality of what I say the matches were. Uh, you started off with the kickoff show. You had Matt Riddell on that kickoff show starting it off. Uh, he defeated Mustafa Ali. Uh, and it led to the breakup of Retribution, apparently. Uh, this match was nine minutes long. Literally made pretty much no impact on me at all. It was solid, not spectacular. Like I said, the only real uh, long-term consequence is the fact that it looks like Retribution is breaking up. Retribution could have been a great idea. They handled it poorly. They shelved them. They brought them back. They shelved them. They brought it back. They shelved them. Brought it back. They executed poorly. There was a ton of problems with Retribution overall, and I don't think it'll be a loss if they end up going away. Although there is a lot of talent in that group. I hope that all the talent that's in that group doesn't get lost in the shuffle as this goes around. Uh, particularly, like I said, there's Ali, who's very, very talented. There's uh, Dominic Dijak. Uh, they called him Dijakovic, or they sort of changed his name around a little bit, but I prefer the name Donovan Dijak just because it's simpler and it's easier to pronounce without all the extra syllables and whatnot. But uh, let's hope they find something good to do with all that. Obviously, there's Mia, Mia Yim as well. Very, very talented. Uh, so uh, 
hopefully they'll all find a safe landing spot and they'll actually do more with them going forward in the future. Next, we'll move on to the main card. We had Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, the champs, with Reginald Hope, defeated Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. Pretty much what I expected was going to happen, happened. Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks got into it, cost them the match. So they're going to fight at WrestleMania. So this was just sort of a nice, solid, continuing to build up to that match. There was actually some solid work in this match. Uh, I wouldn't call this anybody's greatest match of the people in there, but they definitely did a solid job. Uh, they did a good job selling the story as well as having a good job in the ring, so I kind of like that. So good job to them in about a match that was a little bit under 10 minutes. You had Big E versus Apollo Crews, the Intercontinental Championship. Big E retained. This match only lasted under six minutes. It felt like it was longer for some reason, but I realized after the fact, it turns out it was only like 5.45. They did some very, very solid work at the beginning of this match. Uh, Big E did a good job selling the beating that he's going to get to Apollo. Uh, They did good with that. They did good work in the match. Not great, but good. The ending was totally botched to this match. Uh, I think they were trying to go for the ending where you know, you do the one roll up and then you reverse the roll up and can't quite tell uh, at first, but then you realize it, but it didn't quite execute the way that you expect that to look. The announcers seemed confused, and that made it worse. I think it would have been better if the announcers, I don't know if the announcers were just selling they were confused or they actually were confused, but it sounded like they were trying to uh, sell that they were confused and didn't know what happened. It would have been better if they just would have, you know, stated clearly who won the match rather than that confusion that left uh, the audience confused as well. And then Apollo immediately did the beatdown on Biggie after the match. That also didn't help. Uh, I think I think if there would have been a little bit of a wait where he looked confused after the match and wasn't sure that Biggie won, I think that would have helped the story a little bit more and helped clear up the confusion a little bit. So overall, that did not work for me. But the ending was kind of botched if you watched it, and that sort of didn't clear it up at the end. So although I like both of these guys, I think, uh, and I do like most of this match. The ending kind of ruined it for me to a large degree. Next, we got Braun Strowman defeated Elias, who was substituted for an injured Shane McMahon. Uh, if you're watching the video, I did air quotes, so you, I don't need to tell you that. But if you're not watching the video, I did air quotes. You definitely need to know that I did air quotes around an injured Shane McMahon. By the way, Shane McMahon was never a cut, jacked guy to me. Um, I know people said when he came back, he looked like he was in good shape. He never really looked like he was in good shape to me as a wrestler. He looked like a guy that was in solid shape, but he never looked, he never had the wrestler body. I guess the way he's been working out now, or maybe it's just because he's wearing different clothes because you can see his legs and see how ripped his uh, his calves look. You know, but he, I definitely saw a little bit more of a build towards the uh, arms too. So I don't know if he's probably in the, just managed to get into the best shape of his life, you know, in his 40s, or maybe just because he wore baseball jerseys, it was, it, was, it was hidden. But I assume that it's just the fact that he's in better shape now and he's spent more time, you know, in the gym and on his diet and whatnot. But anyway, he looked like a guy that was ready for a fight. He, he looked way more like a guy that should be fighting Braun Strowman than he would have looked when he was, you know, in his, you know, 20s or 30s. So 
So I'm guessing, you know, they're going to they build up to this. They're really going to have the real match at WrestleMania, and then we're going to see Shane fall off something crazy again. Anyway, that was a quick match. It was under four minutes. Lash just got destroyed, which is about what we expected. Jackson Riker tried to interfere a little bit. Not very successful. Uh, I'd say from this point here, if you watch the card, it was it didn't feel like a true pay-per-view card as far as impact and how good the matches were. There are no matches here that were terrible, but nothing stood out. Nothing was spectacular. It was just, overall just kind of a disappointing sort of thing leading up to this point. Uh, Seth Rollins defeated Shinsuke Nakamura in a uh, singles match. This match was like actually just under 13 minutes. Good match, not a great match again. The story building up to it was minimal. Uh, I guess Seth was trying to get revenge on Nakamura, who's Cesaro's friend. But the story still felt lacking to me. Uh, They did do a pretty good, decent job in the match, so the match wasn't terrible, but still it didn't feel like there was any real consequence here. Seth Rollins wins. Uh, Now we're to the last, let's say, roughly hour of the card. Things did at least start to pick up here. Uh, the last three matches, I'll, I would call all three of the last three matches good and for different reasons. Uh, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, it, it felt like the storyline was built up decently to it. Although, it's always kind of ridiculous when we hear about guys who are wrestlers who basically have had almost no interactions on television for like the last you know, 20 years. We hear they've been best friends for 20 years. We hear that... Uh, all of a sudden, in the last month or two, they build the story up. They've been best friends for 20 years, and we've never seen them interact or minimally seen them interact over the last couple of decades. So I always think that's weird when they pull out that story, but that's pretty much any story when some, some people have been in the wrestling business a long time. They've been best friends forever, and they might have been, but you never showed us that, so now you're selling us this in the last month. It seems kind of ridiculous. Anyway, they, they, they had a nice brawl here. Really, really tough match. Two big, strong guys really whacking at each other. So for that kind of match, it was incredible. Uh, very, very good match, especially with, you know, really a minimal of anything on the, on the line other than just, you know, largely, you know, pride and just, you know, friendship and blah, blah, blah. So overall, good job by them. Intergender match, Lexa Bliss defeated Randy Orton. Alexa Bliss has an injury history, so it's not like you expected Randy Orton was going to be beating the crap out of her anyway, and she was going to get slammed a lot. But as far as the uh, the revenge and the special effects, they did a good job with that. She was throwing fire, stuff was falling. She had a nice, you know, sort of wicked look to her that she normally has. She's had since she's done this thing with the Fiend, so they did a great job with that. For and then you know, they did a good job basically stalling. But it didn't quite feel completely like stalling because a lot of times when they had these matches where you know there's not going to be a true, real hardcore fight, it feels like they're stalling. It didn't quite feel that way, so that and and that's a compliment to both the people involved. But they did a good job selling the Bliss, Alexa Bliss, uh, doing this sort of wicked witch type stuff. And of course, you know, uh, Sheamus. I mean, not not Sheamus. I don't know why I said. <laughs> He's complete opposite of the fiend, but the fiend coming through the bottom of the ring, crispy uh, 
pulling Randy Orton down. That's kind of expected. Basically, the Fiend has taken over from the Undertaker and Kane, basically, at this point in his career. They did a good job with it. It was a relatively short match, but they did a good job telling the story. So, overall, this was like, I'd say this is probably the highlight of the whole show for me. Even though it was relatively brief, it was, it was the highlight of the show overall, though. So, good job by them. Alexa Bliss actually defeated Randy Orton. So, this leads to the rematch where the Fiend goes against Randy Orton, I assume, at WrestleMania. And last but not least, special guest in Fortune Edge, there was a singles match for the WWE Universal Championship. A uh, 30-minute match. Roman Reigns, the champion with Paul Heyman, defeated Daniel Bryan. Uh, this match is exactly what you would expect it to be with these two competitors. Roman Reigns is, is, is a guy, while he's not always, quote, the most talented and gifted wrestler, he's not terrible by any stretch. He's improved a lot, especially. He's kind of like John Cena, that you put him in a main event and he does a great job. I, I might not necessarily want to see him on the mid card as far as having a great technical match, but when it's a big-time match, it feels like he steps up just like Cena does, and he you know, really executes really, really well. And you had Daniel Bryan in a match to help him out with it, too. So this worked out really, really great. Uh, Roman Reigns was able to pull off the victory. Of course, Edge, the special guest enforcer, got involved once the referee was, took a bump. Um, and it's believed now that they will be changing the uh, match into a three-way dance. So th- I think that actually works out well for everybody involved. Edge is a guy you probably don't want having a long match at his uh, advanced age post-injury, even though he's, you know, solid. I don't think you necessarily expect him to have a long match by itself. So having Daniel Bryan adds a little bit of element to it. Roman Reigns is really the only guy that, even though I guess technically he's overcome cancer a couple times. so, But overall, he seems close to his physical prime. Daniel Bryan still in good shape, but uh, anytime there's been head or neck injuries like Edge and Daniel Bryan, you kind of think they're probably not quite up to their prime anymore. He has adapted his style a little bit, and it makes sense for him to do. They're really selling him as a top grappler now, so as opposed to, you know, some of the other stuff he did a little. Well, he was never like, he was never a luchador, but he did, you know, fly it seems like a little bit more as far as jump kicks and stuff like that. So, uh, overall, I would probably give this card a C+. Plus. I was expecting it to be a C, and it was a C plus. And like I said, it was really strong towards the last three matches. So uh, the second half was really good. And I do like the fact that it was only two hours and 45 minutes as opposed to a lot of the three-hour and four-hour cards they had been doing for pay-per-views. Most WWE pay-per-views should not be that long, particularly if they're not selling a story, and particularly without crowds, it seems like it's really, really a drag. So overall, I did enjoy it. I couldn't quite focus on it the way that I normally do most pay-per-views, but since I had such low expectations for it, and it sort of slightly exceeded them, I think that's why it ended up working out for me in the end. So, uh, I'm glad I watched it. I will probably never watch this again. Although, sadly, since I was having a hard time focusing on it last night, I did end up watching it sort of twice. I sort of half-assed my way through this uh, pay-per-view twice, and normally even pay-per-views I like, I don't watch twice, but I wanted to have a better perspective, so I tried to watch as much of it as possible, and folks a little bit more, so I could give you a really honest review, and that's the result of me watching it twice, although if you combine the two times I watched it and how much I was focused on it, I probably watched it once altogether. Anyway, that's my review of Fast Lane pay-per-view 2021. It was a pay-per-view that I really didn't want to happen, because I saw no need for it. It was slightly a better than I expected, which was a C plus.
anyway, let's let's go ahead and move on to some actual uh, wrestling related news that's related to the pay per view. Uh, this was the first pay per view from WWE. It was part of the Peacock deal. Uh, there apparently was a lot of problems with the software, both on WWE Network and with Peacock. Uh, Peacock was, uh, there were some people, I guess, that were trying to watch it at the same time on both just to see what the comparison was. Apparently, Peacock was running behind WWE Network as far as the timeline, so you still saw the same thing. But it was running like a few uh, seconds later. According to one wrestling fan on Twitter, I saw that basically during the Sasha Banks match, uh, the tag match, a whole different interest had started by the time <laughs> the other interest was shown on one. So I guess, I guess I believe it was Sasha. Sasha Banks was showing on one screen, and they had everybody in the ring on the other. So I guess uh, that's the problem they had. It was just basically just a delay. I also heard numerous people were sort of kicked out of the WWF because I think they were trying to I, – I don't think that's an accident. So I, I think they – that's my conspiracy theory. They did that on purpose where they could convince people to go to Peacock. Oh, you've been kicked out of WWE? Go to keep Peacock. You can go see it on Peacock. So that's my conspiracy theory for that. Uh, overall, though, I think I think they did finally get it straightened out through the course of the night. So I, hopefully they, people didn't have such a – bad Peacock experience. I did not watch it on Peacock. I watched it on WWE Network because I'm going to continue to watch WWE Network as long as I can just due to the fact that I watch Peacock for some other stuff, uh, rugby and some other events, and I do not like the way the Peacock app interfaces as far as compared to most of your other major streamers like uh, Hulu, ESPN Plus. The watch list function on it is terrible. You have to look in the browse to find your watch list stuff. Uh, you don't necessarily get the automatic updates on the newest episodes of the things you, you choose previously. You can't just choose to, uh, at least as far as what I did with the rugby, as opposed to other places where I have to click each, each individual game and add it to my watch list, and you don't normally have to do that on streaming apps. Normally you be you can just be able to pick a whole season or a whole league or something like that. So that is a pain in the ass. So anyway, I'm going to continue to watch WWE Network. Hopefully they improve their app and their interface. In the next, I guess we got a week, week or two. No, we, I guess we we still got probably I guess about a week and a half. Till I think April fourth is the drop date for the uh, WWE app in America. By the way, if you're listening out of America, and apparently we're very popular out of the United States. Apparently, uh, the voice of choice, Bruce Word, has noted numerous times over the last uh, few weeks. We are actually number one in Nigeria for wrestling. We're number one in India for wrestling. So uh, the Indian market is like the largest wrestling market, I believe. Uh, I believe that's what I heard a couple weeks ago when I was discussing uh, the Superstar Spectacle pay-per-view. We were talking about Indian, maybe NXT Indian. Maybe that was going to kick off WWE's uh, foray in Asia. But we are big stars in India, apparently. Uh, we're number one in Nigeria, too, by the way. And, of course, I, I think we know if you look if you look – at all the hosts of the network, I'm sure it's pretty obvious who the big star in Nigeria is. So obviously, Niger, I'm the rock star there. So uh, that's just pretty obvious. By the way, uh, I've done my 23 and me. I'm like 47% in the percentage point. Uh, 47 point something Nigerian, uh, my ethnicity. So uh, as far as the long term, you know, 
where my ancestors were roughly, you know, let's say four to five hundred years ago in that time frame. I'm actually twelve and a half percent British and Irish though, so uh, I've got more stuff I could give you, but I figure that that that's enough you know about me. Basically, uh, twelve and a half percent British and Irish, forty-seven percent Nigerian. I think there's another uh, twenty. Uh, I think it's roughly another 35% is uh, South and other various West African nation in, in there somewhere. But I think I, was, I think I, my total came out of something like 82% uh, African in origin. Anyway, that's enough about my uh, ethnic breakdown and whatnot. Uh, not in any real sense that it really matters in any real way as far as your ethnicity, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but, you know, it's just something interesting to know where your ancestors were because, you know, for certain people in this country, we can't always know exactly where our ancestors came from. We have a rough idea. The nations that they might have come from didn't technically exist a lot in a lot of terms uh, as far as 300, 400 years ago. So it's just an interesting uh, look back. Uh, speaking of ethnicity and problems, uh, I definitely did want to take a time to uh, support the uh, hashtag Stop Asian Hate uh, and that movement in general. There's obviously, if you're listening to the show live or close to live, uh, last week there was a uh, incident where they had a shooting in Georgia. Uh, I believe eight people were killed, six of them uh, Asian women. Uh, the gentleman who pulled it off indicated who wasn't anti-Asian racism. I'm just a sex addict, and I needed to kill a bunch of people. Although, you, know, you can look at particular who he chose to kill and draw your own conclusions. But anyway, there's been a huge uptick in uh, attacks on Asian Americans since the outbreak of COVID in particular. So over the last year, uh, there's been roughly 2,800 uh, incidents of anti-Asian attacks as far as that goes or different forms of racism and stuff like that so uh stop it uh leave our asian brothers and sisters alone just in general don't be a dick to people uh don't harass people there's you don't have to support anybody or like anybody that's not the way it works but you can leave people to hell alone <laughs> you don't have to you know give your rude comments to random people you don't have to, you know, spread that word. Just keep, just keep your hate on the inside. Just let it destroy you on the inside, and you know, hopefully it'll dissolve you at some point if you have that kind of hate in your heart anyway. So just keep it to yourself and leave people alone. But uh, I do, uh, I do uh, want to. I did want to point out that Hikaru Shida, as well as some other wrestlers, uh, are help you know trying to spread awareness about it. Uh, she was one of the wrestlers who uh, who was uh, supporting the hashtag on Twitter. Uh, you also got the uh, Kevin Nash, uh, who's uh, supported in, in a tweet. He said, America is so full of hate. The simplifies against our Asian-American community once again, showing how broken we are. Let's be diligent and protect our Asian brothers and sisters. Uh also had uh, the uh, one of the organizations that are you know issuing information regarding this. The United Nations did a report about it. Uh, there's also the uh, Stop 
AAPI hate group, advocacy group uh, that reported the 2,800 incidents uh, of anti-Asian racism. And again, that's just the reported ones. So definitely have to do better. Like I said, I know a lot of times in America when we discuss race issues and uh, xenophobia and, and things like that, a lot of it, just due to the fact that the history of the country involving slavery and whatnot, is broken down into black and white. But there are, you know, plenty of other groups that have been marginalized in this country, whether it be Asian Americans, Latin Americans, you know, immigrants. You know, there was even a time when, like I said, it, being Irish was not that great uh, as far as what people considered here. Uh, there's various groups of white people historically in this country that have not been welcome. And now, to a large degree, over the course of uh, American history, they've been allowed to assimilate a little bit easier and just sort of blend in. And a lot of that, you know, hatred and, you know, discrimination against them has gone away to some degree. Uh, but th there are still incidents, although, like, I was, I, was, I was going to say, that, for instance, Italian-Americans, but a lot of Italian-Americans do not consider themselves white. So uh, I guess, you know, if, the one for the ones that don't consider themselves white, I guess I, I will, you know, disallow that part of discussion. But we, at least when we're talking about, we can at least say European Americans, various groups that, you know, for the most part have been, have had the, these different issues over time, as far as discrimination and whatnot. A lot of it, you know, there's still a there's still a lot of discrimination and a lot of hatred towards various immigrants. Through anybody with an accent, a lot of times might have some discrimination or be treated poorly and, and that's ridiculous. Let's not do that. Let's let's be better people. Like I said, you know, not just against um, you know, born natural born Americans, but also immigrants, everybody. Let's let's just treat everybody with respect. You know, gender, class, race, let's let's do that. Anyway, I will get off of my soapbox now and move on to some um, actual wrestling related news. Uh Andrade Asked for his release and was denied his release, but apparently he has been officially granted his release now. So I guess this has been a little bit of a whirlwind for Andrade uh, over the last week or so. Uh, obviously, there's been speculation within the internet wrestling community as far as you know what his future is. Uh, obviously, he's 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 dating Charlotte, so that puts a different little sort of you know wrench into the works there. I was going to use another term, but, you know, you know we're, since we're talking about racism, and you know, I figured I would not use that term. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, a certain kind of wrench, but, like, nah, you know, try to use those terms. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's just uh, a kind of uh, interesting situation where you come work for the company. They had big plans for you. They never sort of really executed them other than he did have a New Year's title run for a while, but it's just been overall kind of rough for him overall this run in WWE. He's been there uh, basically for five or six years now. He actually did become the NXT champion, and he's just sort of floundered since going to the, quote, main roster even though we try not to use that term anymore because NXT is his own thing now. But but apparently he was a big Paul Heyman guy. And then once Paul Heyman was removed, things didn't go so well for him. 
but he's also planning for his future. He did uh, trademark the Love Sumbra moniker, so he will probably go back to that. Uh, we don't really know at this moment if he has a non-compete call, so it might be a while to, before he can show up anywhere else. I would assume with WWE, since he is talented, that they'll probably make him at least sit out a while. Uh, but he's hopefully made a decent living over his uh, career, so hopefully he will have uh, he won't have that kind of problem where he have money problems. So I hope he can hold out, and you know. I'm sure his uh, his lady friend can float him along if he really needs to. Anyway, like I was saying, that led to some speculation about as far as what his relationship is with her. Uh, Charlotte apparently looks like she's been pulled from um, uh, WrestleMania, so that's a question for a lot of people. You know, hey, is, are, is her being pulled related to him? Is she just not happy with uh, the way he's being treated? Does she want out or, you know, is it something else? So there's lots of different sort of uh, speculative incidents going on right now regarding this issue. And uh, you kind of just kind of wonder how it's going to shake out ultimately. Uh, It makes you kind of, you know, curious, although you don't want to, you know, speculate too uh, recklessly on it. You just kind of want to, you kind of want to figure out what's going on. And I can say, wow, literally as I was discussing this story, I got breaking news that Charlotte Fleur has COVID. And that explains why she's been most likely pulled from WrestleMania and been pulled from the advertising material. So, like I said, a lot of this speculation regarding Charlotte might not involve him at all or it may. It, it, it might be just or it might just be a combination of factors. It might be the fact that she has COVID and her, and her boyfriend is gone. And, and you, you never know exactly what quite might be going on with this. but. That's kind of what happens when you get some breaking news right in the middle of the story when you're discussing it. You just kind of kind of wonder what's going on with it. But uh, hopefully she will have a quick recovery. Um, and like I said, COVID is no joke. I did recently get my first uh, vaccination shot a few days ago. So according to the statistics, uh, after two weeks after that shot, I'll be 80% protected from it, the worst consequences of it. After I get my second shot, Another month after that, roughly, I'll be 92% protected. But I was glad to, that I was finally able to get it. Uh, and I would recommend anybody out there who has the opportunity to get it, please do. Uh, if you are one of those people that's concerned about what's in the shots, and like I said, there's I guess there's four or five different shots available. If you're living in America, there's three currently available. There's also a different shot that's, that had a little bit of issue in Europe. Uh, the research is out there. If you do the research, if you might not want this shot, you might not want that shot. There's various shots. They kind of all do little bit things differently. But there's definitely something that you should get to protect yourself, particularly if you not have, have not yet had this disease, and you, especially if you have vulnerable people in your life. So uh, please, if you have the opportunity, get vaccinated. And also, if you do get vaccinated, though, that does not mean you're caught after the hook. One, it takes a while for it to kick in. So it's not like you get the shot and the next thing you know, you're good to go as far as, you know, not wearing a mask or not. Two, it's believed that even if you do get the shot, you still might be able to spread the disease. So just because you get your shot, don't say screw everybody else. Still wear your mask, still socially distance. You can be a little bit more comfortable going out in public, but that doesn't mean completely let your guard down. So, uh, 
Anyway, I will get off my soapbox once again and say uh, Hope Charlotte, you know, and anybody else with disease does not, you know, have the worst consequences. I, I hope she is able to recover from this fairly quickly. Anyway, before I get out of here for the evening, I did want to discuss uh, one more thing. We got the uh, SmackDown won't be live, apparently, WrestleMania week. Apparently, the final SmackDown before WrestleMania 37 won't air live. It will be taped. Apparently, they're going to tape the April 9th episode of SmackDown on April 2nd. They're going to tape the April 9th episode before the April 2nd episode that same night at Tropicana Field, Class the Thunderdome. It seems kind of ridiculous that you would take the April 9th episode before you would take the April 2nd episode, although I guess they're doing April 2nd episode live, so that's probably why they're doing it. But it still feels weird that it's, that's always been a weird thing in wrestling. It's not something new where they tape an episode for future before they air the current stuff. It leads to all sorts of weird things where I, be, I believe there was a, there was somebody, there was, there was a tag team. I'm drawing a blank off the top of my head right now. But there was a tag team that had a negative uh, <laughs> title reign. They managed to win the belts and then lose the belts before they were ever shown with the belts on TV. So I'm trying to remember what team that was. Crap. This is going to drive me crazy. Oh, yeah, it was the Rockers. It was the Rockers. <laughs> it was the Rockers that had that lost title reign where back in, I guess technically it wasn't the 80s. It was, it, was, uh, it was 1990, actually. Anyway, uh, the Rockers had an unrecognized reign. The Hart Foundation, they lost the belts, but since they didn't air it, it ended up, uh, didn't count. <laughs> it's like, uh, whoopsie, didn't happen. Anyway, uh, they will be taping the, uh, that edition of SmackDown. I guess because it makes sense because they have a really, really busy week that week. Tuesday, they're doing a WWE Hall of Fame ceremony. Uh, I'm not quite sure if it's going to be like they're going to do uh, the 2020 class and the 2021 class together, if they're going to spread it out over two nights. Right now they have it listed for just Tuesday, April 6th. They have two nights of NXT TakeOver. There's NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 1 on that Wednesday, which will air, you know, that night live. Of course, uh, Night 2 TakeOver Stand and Deliver will take place to Thursday on Peacock. Thursday will also be NXT TakeOver. There will be an NXT TakeOver UK TakeOver. So you got a double hitter on Thursday, basically. You got that Friday night SmackDown, which, like we mentioned earlier, will be taped. Uh, and then that Saturday, we got WrestleMania Night 1, and Sunday, WrestleMania Night 2. So there's going to be a lot of wrestling that week. And, of course, you still got Raw the next uh, Monday at night. That will be that will probably be the one Raw of the year where I actually watch it live or close to it. Uh, and actually, since I do record right, usually leading into the window, <laughs> leading into the Raw window, I might actually end up recording the show and uh, going right into that raw, so that is a possibility. But uh, or I might just stay screwing away the next night. But I usually do try to watch that one raw of the year, the night after WrestleMania, because you you two a lot of times that's a whole reboot for WWE anyway. That might be they might just completely throw things out that have been happening for the last year, or maybe it that doesn't seem like it's been the case as much the last couple years. But I I want to be ready for it just in case it does happen. You know that that's the that's the one night where I'm like 
I guess I'll watch it live. I don't have to wait till Hulu and the commercial free version next night. I'll just you know, watch it, not necessarily live, but I can always, you know, start it maybe an hour in and just keep fast forwarding. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's, that's King's uh, life hack for you. Even if you don't want to wait for something uh, the next day where you can skip all the commercials out, that way you can always just, if it's a three-hour event, wait maybe an hour in like a football game and just sort of commercial skip your way through it. And close to the end, you'll be caught up just about usually. But anyway, uh, that about covers this week's edition of Wrestling With Problems. So make sure, like I said again, uh, take your precautions for COVID. You know, get vaccinated if you can. If you can't maintain your social distancing and whatnot, you know, this ain't over yet. We can finally start to see some light in the tuggle. The cases are down for the time being. Deaths are down for the time being. But this is not the time to let up. That's what happened last last year. Remember, remember when stuff started sort of opening back up around May of last year. After you know, we pretty much had tight, not tight lockdowns, but you know, decently leveled lockdowns from about mid March until about May. As soon as that happened, I'd say within a month. Cases start skyrocketing again, and people got really, really sick, and then we had that spike, and then things didn't slow down until it started cooling down a little bit, and then, you know, things start picking up again when we get the holidays, but we don't want that. We're almost there. Just try to be responsible for this last, you know, hopefully next two or three months, and then we can hopefully go on back to some measure of normal, although I think some forms of normal are not coming back. I think a lot more people will be continuing to work from home because they liked it, or at least part of the time. So, you know, and, and like I said, it, sometimes we might have to take some positives out of this totally negative situation. That will that would be one. If you get to spend more time at home and, like I said, closer to your immediate family, now you'll, you know, hopefully you'll be able to spend more time with them. And also, you know, after this, we can finally get this COVID situation under control, you'll be able to spend time with your extended family too. Because I know a lot of people are missing their extended family. They're missing their cousins. They're missing their grandparents. They're missing, you know, friends that they haven't seen in a while. So, uh, like I said, let's be responsible and let's get this done. Anyway, you've been listening to Wrestle Problems. I'm King David Lane. Like King David Comedy on most major social media platforms, King David Comedy with a K. Like King David Lane on most major social media platforms. And, of course, you know, uh, I do play rugby as well. So, like at NWI Rugby on Twitter, you know, you can follow my team and our teams are great. So, uh, there's a lot of ways you can follow me and find out what's going on in my life. Anyway, talk to you later. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. This is the Slickster, the Doctor of Style, and you're listening to VOC Nation. Check out In the Room. Every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you know later there, too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Ken Wrestling. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets.
Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Dylan, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling with History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. On Wrestling With Problems, we deal with two things, wrestling and problems. On the wrestling side, we cover the major feds as well as the indies. As far as problems go, we cover our problems, American problems, and world problems. Sometimes the problems are even related to wrestling. Every week, comedian King David Lane and wrestler, promoter Chris Best discuss the best and especially the worst in the world of wrestling with a heaping dose of comedy. Check us out live on VLCNation.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stags of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs, yeah, you get get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.